This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals felt like they were in total control of the second half. A little loopy in the second quarter um, after the Jake Browning pick six. But Jake Browning, again, another win for the Cincinnati Bengals as they head back to Paycor Stadium, beating the Indianapolis Colts, who are in the wildcard hunt. Yeah, another good game. I think this wasn't the same level of game that Browning just had, but there's a good game from Browning. And it's if that's what you're going to get, then this is definitely a playoff team because they've got pieces on offense. They've got the defense. I haven't talked enough about it. They look pretty good today. Um, it's yeah, there's a lot, a lot going right for them right now. I know the Colts are a playoff team, but at the same time, I feel like some team schedules are just so much like the Bengals schedule has mm-hmm. been kind of brutal. I mean, I guess they've dropped the game to the Titans, which they shouldn't have done. Then they got blown out in that game. So maybe it's also that part of it, but the Colts were who I kind of thought they were when I was trying to figure out like, what do they, what do they do? Well, <laughs> what, what's, what's good about this team? It's like, well, I mean, like they're pretty solid on offense, I guess. And uh, their defense on interior is pretty good. If Grover Stewart's back and, River Stewart looked a little rusty, but we'll get to all that. Uh, main takeaway, though, Zach Taylor, stock up. Jake Browning, stock up. Could this be the Jake Browning, Nick Foles run? Could it be even better? Could this be this Could this be Jake Brady and Joe Bledsoe? Is no, 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 you are not allowed to finish that. But the Nick Foles, I'm, I'm not going to get there yet, but I will tell you right now, Monday night changed my mindset on the rest of the season because we did a podcast right after the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And I think both of us were on the same page. It's the, let's look at the draft. Let's see who they're going to probably get. They're going to be in a great position for this player. But at the same time, you watch that game on Monday night football, you watch this game at home against the Indianapolis Colts. And you think to yourself, you know what? Let's go have fun. Let's finish the season out four regular season games to go. You're as we're recording this, they are currently in the playoff picture. I know that there are the four o'clock games that could impact the Bengals seating after we record this, but it's huge for them to be in the position that they are currently in right now. And I kind of want to stick with the offense, but I'm okay with this right now. Let's see what Jake Browning and this team can do. Yeah, for sure. I think now that you've won two games in a row, I think the rooting interest for every fan should be make the playoffs and go on a run rather Mm -hmm. than tank. I mean, if you really want it, I feel like the tank, people holding on to the tank idea, 
even after the Jags game, I feel like after this Colts game, you kind of got to go like, wow, you're probably not getting a good pick, even if you lose out from here, where you can get like 14, whatever. Mm-hmm. So now you root for the playoffs. So you root for uh, long, sustained success of the ability. I think that there is growth here, growth potential. It happened last year when Jamar Chase went out. It felt like the over the next few games, they relied much less on isolation stuff from wide receivers. They're able to put defenders in conflict, work high lows, etc. And that helped them when Jamar Chase came back. They had their best offense, I think, mm-hmm. until Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams went down. Even even when Lyle Collins went down, I still thought the offense was pretty good over until Kappa went down too. With Hakeem Denigy in there, because you could you could kind of protect one guy. <laughs> it's when you start protecting two, three guys. Like, well, I can't protect three guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think like last year, you add in that stuff because you had to. Now you have to protect the quarterback a little bit more. Work some of this. Uh, work a little bit more in the run game, which they've needed to do, and mm-hmm. work a little bit more play action, a little bit more easy buttons in there for the quarterback stuff that the quarterback can just kind of breathe on and get some easy completions. The screen game for no reason looks much better. Now uh, the running back screen game that is our series screen game's always been, yeah, sure. Fine. It's basically a run game. <laughs> it's like you toss it out there for four yards. It's okay. Uh, because they're just run those smoke and alert screens, but the running back screen game, is much improved in the past two weeks, especially this week where 100 yards of Jake Browning's 275 yards were running back screen, two different screen passes. And that's incredible, including one of his touchdowns. So, yeah, I think you find a way to get some of this, some of the good stuff from this mixed in with what Burrow likes to do. I do think people forget that what your quarterback likes to do is still the most important thing. But let's sprinkle in some of this stuff. And I think this was the plan last year. And then they came out, and it was so under centers run, shotguns pass, that teams were teeing off on both sides, both of those. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of fixed it a little bit, just had a shotgun-only approach. But, you know, the under center game, it just is better for your play-action stuff. It's better for your run game in general, although it hasn't been this season or last season. Or in Joe Mixon's career, he's always been a better runner from shotgun by yards per carry. But yeah, I, you look at it and you're like, let's add some of this. Let's add some of this for easy buttons. Let's add some of this to give Burrow a break. But I also think we can upgrade the passing offense of this when mm-hmm. Burrow's in there and treat him like he is the PhD level quarterback that he is, the $275 million man. He can play in an offense that is very pass heavy. And then the last thought I had was something that I researched right before the podcast, which was just taking a look at I think a lot of people have talked about the volume of running like, Oh, when they run this often, they are, they score 30 points. I think it's less about that. Cause I went back and I looked at every 30 plus point game that Burrow played over the past two years. Mm-hmm. And it's basically two to one ratio, like just under 1.94. So it doesn't matter. Two to one ratio pass to run. So they're mostly passing the ball here, maybe a little bit more run heavy than the 70, 30 stuff that they can get into, but still 66, somewhere around there, 65% pass in these games. So they're, they're pass heavy. It doesn't matter how much they run really, but they're averaging 4.4 yards per carry and they are an efficient run game. So when the defense sells out to stop the pass, you can punish them. I think that's the biggest thing because when they are playing two high shells, sending the safeties way back there and daring you to run the ball, and when you are running the ball at two yards a carry, 2.5 yards a carry, unsustainable. It's 
it's not workable because you're not staying ahead of the chains. Two of those runs and you're in third and six, third and five. Like that's not a situation you want to be in because you can't run on third down now. If you get into third and two, you can run the ball there. Or third and one, you can get these really good looks. But when you're not getting those looks, then you can't really keep running the ball if it's not working. So it needs to work. And it's worked the past two weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. And the crazy thing is, you know, going into this game after we watch on Monday Night Football, when it comes to the running back room, the one-two punch when you have Joe Mixon and Chase Brown. And it was really exciting to see what Chase Brown was able to do. That first touchdown run. Kept telling you when he gets it, he hit, hey, if it's open and there's grass in front of him, nobody to beat. That dude's gone. That he's happened got, right in front of me. Oh, wow. Awesome. Right in front of me. And I thought, oh, he's going to be down right there. But they're going to have really great field positions. It's going to be first and goal. And I couldn't believe that he made the other guy miss. And he ran right into the end zone. It was. Yeah, that was good. It was good. It's good to see that he can make guys miss, too. He did that a few times. And, yeah. But that home run speed was so on display, right? Like, he just. If they ran the if the running backs ran the forty yard dash in full pads on turf with a ball in their hands, I think he might have been like the second, third fastest running back in that draft. But because they run it in underwear, he was yeah. not. So right now, obviously, you're going to go back and you're, you're going to watch the tape. We'll talk a little bit about Jake Browning in, in a minute because credit to Jake Browning. But when you look at this running back room right now, how are you feeling over the past two weeks? since the overall big picture of the season so far? I think the running back room, this looks like what you'd want, right? Mm -hmm. I think the one thing that's nice is I don't think you need to look for a replacement for Joe Mixon. I don't think you need to look for, at least right now, These, I think they're still auditioning a little bit. But if it goes this way over the over the last whatever how many weeks and maybe the playoffs, I think you're looking at this kind of like, okay, like, yeah, the kind of smash and dash, thunder, lightning, whatever, the classic combination, Lendo White, Chris Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, um, uh, old head, the, <laughs> I don't know if I want to mention Name them all. <laughs> this is a very obscure one, but I play a lot of Madden 07, the Justin Fargus and Lamont Jordan of the 07 Raiders. <laughs> okay, that was 100%. Yeah, but that's also kind of closer what it's to. We don't have a Chris Johnson right now. <laughs> we, don't, we don't. We do not. So it's we more don't. like Justin Farkas and Lamont Jordan. But it's good. It's great. It's a good run game. But imagine hitting on Chase Brown. Yeah, yeah. You know, look it's, at the, I've said it before. Look at this class that they just drafted. We can go over Jordan Battle. The impact Charlie Jones is going to make. Yoshi. Um, DJ Turner in the secondary. And to see a guy like Chase me. Brown, who you draft late, to work out would be amazing. And I know there's still four regular season games to go and who knows what the postseason looks like for them, but it it's encouraging. Positive returns on a lot of those guys, even DJ Ivy made an elite <laughs> special teams play today. I, I, I mean, the pass breakup was cool. That was good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often he's going to play corner. I just think they're pretty stacked at corner, but when the special teams play I'm talking about was there was a punt and he muscles and pushes his guy into and the guy stumbles back into the returner, causing yeah. a muff, and he jumps on it. First guy, he jumps on it, turnover, perfect. I mean, I think those guys sometimes get flagged for that, for kicker interfer- for fair yeah. catch interference. But maybe he was far enough away. Like, you know, he wasn't driving him and their arms still connected. He pushed, and the guy just couldn't keep his balance and ran into the <laughs> guy trying to call a fair catch. That's an elite special teams play to me. That's awesome. Getting a turnover for that. And then, yeah, the pass breakup was very good, too. It was a wheel route, I think, and he stuck with it. So DJ Ivy, hey, looking nice. A lot of them, a lot of that draft, great returns so far. I think 
there's there's a special teams player we can talk about later that hasn't had great returns yet, but everybody else seems to be doing at or above what you were projecting from them. Yeah, and uh, Zach Taylor, actually, I watched the social media clip. It's one of my favorites after when they do the locker room game ball, and he actually gave DJ Ivy a game ball. So that was really cool to see for the rookie. Nice. A huge moment for him. Uh, there's a reason. I think a lot of people, they, they started to look late in the draft, and they're like, oh, no, there's this guy available. Why don't you draft this guy? And they, and they felt strong about DJ Ivy. He was their last draft pick. To see him be a special teams kind of guy, who knows what that looks like. But I agree with you. Uh, there's one certain player who's kind of had his ups and downs. And we'll get to it in just a moment. Uh, but let's stay with the offense right now. We talked about the running back room. Let's go to Jake Browning. I'm not going to lie. I never thought I was going to be in this moment in December, sitting there at a game thinking, please, Jake Browning, come out of the tunnel and everything be okay. Are we, are we sure though? Also, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, Hey, the Asian McCarry went in there and that should have been a touchdown to me. <laughs> I, at the same time, I just, I got, I was like, okay, things are rolling with Jake Browning. I don't yeah, yeah, want no, to ruin I agree, it. I agree. You, and yeah, I'm just so happy, you know, what he's, been, what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks. I'm like, please don't let this happen to him. The guy just had this great Monday night football game. They're probably going to win this game against the Colts. And it was good. Uh, right now the Bengals reporting, it was a, a cramp in his thumb um something he's like look i have to drink more liquids okay fine that's no big deal but you know just the way he's kind of been playing out there with this offense and you know they're familiar with him from from training camp then obviously getting a lot of those reps when joe burrow was out so jake browning what do you want to say about him awesome he played really good again i mean yeah you can criticize the pick six i also think yeah maybe maybe your tight end should get a little bit better <laughs> oh buddy t buddy I think Terry has to play great though. I, I tweeted that out. I, I know people, I don't know. I think he played great. I think he played great. He had the touchdown. He had a great first down where he made a jump, a leaping catch outside of his frame. I just, on that play, I don't know. It's probably, it's probably basically all Browning. Maybe I'm giving Browning an excuse there, but I'd see it hit the hand. I don't know. I see some tight ends be able to at least be able to not knock it to a defender. <laughs> he doesn't know he's there. I'll give him a break on that because he had a great game. Tanner Hudson had a great game and he scored a touchdown. He had a big first down. He was a good receiving threat in this game. I think Drew Sample was a good blocker in this game. I think the thing that you asked about Jake Browning, so I'll get to that later. But Jake Browning played really well. They got him into a rhythm. They get him into the stuff that he likes to do. He operates the offense well. He doesn't make a lot of backup bozo type decisions mm -hmm. uh even when you think about his pick it was like it wasn't a bad decision it just was inaccurate and then well the one bad decision i was he kind of threw that softball like fly ball to mixon in the flat i was like oh god Mixon's gonna die and he did get smacked so <laughs> protect your guy a little bit don't, don't leave him out to dry like that but hey it doesn't matter like he played really well if i can only point to a couple plays where jake browning didn't have the best attempt didn't have the best throw then that's really good from a backup. I think this is really good play from a backup quarterback, back-to-back -back games. Last week was incredible MVP-level stuff, and we kind of knew that wasn't sustainable. But this, this is just solid, good quarterback play, and that is sustainable. Maybe it's not Joe Burrow, but it's doing enough, and they have a lot of talent on offense. And if this defense can pull itself together like they did this week, then this is a very dangerous team. But before we go to the defense, I feel like we got to talk offensive line, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Give credit where it's due. Absolutely. Back-to-back -back weeks where I don't think I would have charged them for any sacks. I don't think 
that the run game gets going without them blocking the way they do. The screen game works so well because of the way they're playing. I think the run designs have worked well. Now, similar front structure in the past two weeks. I think the Vikings are very unique in that regard. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but credit to them, man, I don't see much pressure. And the pressure I do see is usually like Browning's holding onto the ball and then he goes and tries to scramble and a defender kind of like triggers on him knowing there's nobody near him. So he's just going to go try to speed up Browning or go get a sack, get a tackle, something. Um, I don't – they have handled all of these players so far. And, yeah, you could point to like – well, Josh Allen for the Jags is having a good year. And DeForest Buckner is a good player. So it's not like these are – really untalented lines where they don't have a guy next week. They've got Daniel Hunter and they have Brian Flores, who is the pressure guy. He is going to drop eight and rush three, or he's going to rush six or more every single play. And that's going to be a huge test to them. But the past two weeks, they've passed the test, easily passed the test. And fans don't want to hear it because they already fired this guy, but Frank Pollock, man, good run designs, good job getting this game getting the run game going good job putting his guys in positions to succeed i think that when burrow was in there and you are an empty and you're doing all of that spread stuff it it was a great offense top five offense but when you are looking at why is this offensive line not performing where i'm expecting them well that's kind of why because it's a really difficult offense for them this is a little bit easier for them in terms of an offense to play in because they're moving forward more often than they used to and they're giving a threat to the run game and defenders aren't pinning their ears back because they see no threat of a run game. And I think that helps. I don't think it was so much of Pollock messing up. I think it's just like, well, Burrow likes to throw that thing and the Bengals like to let him throw that thing and they should let him throw. And, but let's not act like it's a terrible offensive line. I think that it has been a fine offensive line the whole time. And now they're playing above that and showing to be a good unit. The good news about all of this, and and we will record another podcast before we do kind of our preview to Saturday's game versus the Vikings. You look at this offense and you think of the future, and I, I don't want to think too far into it because this team is currently in the AFC playoff picture when it comes to postseason, and it's very exciting because I feel like there's too much talent offensively and defensively. But what you're seeing out of the running game, what you're seeing out of the offensive line, look, bad case scenario, maybe they lose their right tackle next year to free agency and Jonah Williams goes to another team and you have to place the right tackle position. Cordell Volson continues to play at a good level every week by week. Alex Capo continues to play week by week. Good, good, good ball. You look at Ted Karras, you're going to have Orlando Brown at left tackle. All of this can be very big positives going into 2024. When you look at this offense, when it comes to the run game and the offensive line. And I think that's an awesome thing to look at where this current state of the Cincinnati Bengals are. Yeah. Yeah, where, where they are. I mean, I think after the past two weeks, you're feeling better about the left guard. You're feeling better about the center. You're feeling better about just the interior in general. You're feeling better. Orlando Brown's shaped up better. And, you know, I think he's recovered from his injury because this is what yeah. we should expect from him. Good play like this. Jonah Williams, he he was up and down last week. But this week, pending the, the second watching, I thought he was pretty good. I, I know it's Ebukam and Quiddy Pay. Those players are fine. Like, I wouldn't have minded if the Bengals would have grabbed Ed Bukam as, a, paid to be as out there a too. rotational edge rusher in that role. They're, they're solid players. They're not terrible. And they handled them. They handled DeForest Buckner. They handled Grover Stewart. I think that this offensive line deserves its flowers. They, they've played really well over the past two weeks. And it's a big reason why the run game works. It's a big reason why Jake Browning has been so good. 
you know, we talked about that going into the game, what what kind of made us a little bit nervous about this matchup. And for the offensive line to show up today, I think that's absolutely huge. Honestly, in the second half, the Bengals are controlled the whole time. It just felt like it kind of felt like that the whole entire game. I know that sounds crazy to say, even though when it was 14 all, you had the pick six, they go for two, they get the two point conversion. All of that's really unfortunate. But overall, I just kind of like, eh, honestly, I kind of feel good about the Bengals today um, after that first touchdown for them. And they were able to finish it in the second half. And it, it was really awesome to see offensively. But let's flip to the defensive side, because it's one of the things that I feel like I've criticized most of the season. It was disappointed because I feel like they have a lot of talent out there. And I thought, man, it just sometimes doesn't feel like it's it's the same defense that I know, but I know they blew in a rumble out there and it wasn't the points thing. It was more of the yardage that they were giving up to some offenses. You know, what did you think of the defensive side of the ball today? We need to be realistic about yards, man. I don't know. You're like, right. Yeah, it's, right. It's unfortunate, but why, why were they celebrating the Steelers offenses? If they like revolution, this was a revelation for them when they scored 16 points. So yeah, 400 oh. yards. Great. You're still, turning the ball over in the red zone and not scoring yeah. points, scoring field goals, not touchdowns, not ideal. That's falling into the bend. Don't break uh, this week though. They held them to 272 yards on offense. So not a big offensive game from the Colts. Uh, I thought on the ground, they stifled Zach Moss. That was big because they wow. haven't done that much this, this season. And I think the big thing for me, was we talked a bit about the linebackers playing under mm -hmm. expectations. I thought they played really well this week. And you could see things I was kind of looking at, like, yeah, they used to be able to do this and do that. Wilson looked better in coverage. Now, maybe you don't feel this way if that ball's thrown a little further and it doesn't hit his helmet on the possible touchdown. But we only judge what was there. And I think he got broken up. So <laughs> uh, Wilson was better in coverage. I thought Pratt, he had a, a clean run through, didn't make the tackle, but held him up, ended up being a tackle for a loss. So these guys are doing what they did last year and the year before in this game. And I think everybody else just ended up kind of rounding it out. And you had Jobe Lucier. It feels like he's getting healthier off of that ACL the past two weeks. It feels like the defensive line has been better. And BJ Hill went out for a little bit, but came back. And spectacular interception. No other comment. I mean, that I'm was so glad it was because at the game it looked like they were gonna call an incompletion. So they, they called it a, a fumble, I think, on the field. Then reviewed it and changed it to an interception. Which, oh. well, that's what at least what the broadcast said. I, I think honestly, we thought it was an incompletion by the time that they were calling. He caught off. it, so I knew it was a turnover, whether it was an interception yeah. or a fumble recovery. But wow, <laughs> I that's mean, awesome. just like. Yeah, yeah. If they actually did go back and change it, that's so cool because he deserves the interception. He's not. Yeah. He has the playoff interception against Mahomes and that one, and that those might be the only two interceptions he gets in his career. He should get credit for those. He, should. he shouldn't have to look back and go like, "I should have had two." Telling his grandkids like, "I actually had two. I actually had two picks, but they didn't count one." We can go back and watch the footage. Um, yeah, I thought the defensive line was really good. Trey Hendrickson, specific man. <laughs> dominated Bernard Raymond. I don't I don't think that was a close matchup. I mean, Bernard Raymond just didn't have the anchor to take him on um, physically. And then when that happens, you're just kind of toast because then he starts adding in some of the moves around the outside because you're kind of sitting down on his bull rush and you're just done as an offensive tackle. If you can't stop one, then you're not going to be able to stop the other because he can just go back and forth on you. And that's what he did all game. And the Colts do a good job getting that ball out early, but it didn't matter. I mean, he was just dominating Raymond in that matchup. Outside of the defensive line, 
anything else on the defensive side of the ball and even the linebacker position that kind of stood out for you? No, like I said, linebackers played better. Um, defensive line, they did a great job both against the run and getting pressure. I thought the coverage was pretty good. It's hard to tell on broadcast, though. I mean, let's be real. Like, they mostly just run off the screen, <laughs> and then you're just judging when the ball's in the air. Like, oh, no, you didn't catch that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought the defense was just – this is what we were expecting, you know. Yes being able to hold a team to 14 points and being able to stifle them, control the game, force three and outs, get some turnovers. This is what you wanted to see. And they could continue this in the next week against the Vikings offense that at least the last I checked was still at zero points against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's insane. We talked about this going into the Colts game. What was ahead for the Cincinnati Bengals? There was five games left. Three of the next five was going to be at home. Now they have two of the next four at home. Uh, you play the Vikings coming up. You obviously have the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're on the road there. You see the Kansas City Chiefs. Then it's the Cleveland Browns. So it's, I don't know. It feels very doable for this team to go and mess up some people's plans, maybe on wild card weekend. And after what happened with Joe Burrow, for him to go down in that game, and I thought it's all over. Let's talk about the draft picks. I really don't know what to say about the season, but I know that it's completely over because Joe Burrow's gone. For us to kind of sit where we're at right now in less than a week for the Cincinnati Bengals to say, these are two impressive back-to-back -back wins, 34 points in back-to-back -back weeks for this offense. And I don't know. I'm not saying it's over yet. Of course. Yeah. I think that's where we all are, right? Yeah, you have to be at this point. I think there were people after Monday Night Football, and it's totally fine if you felt they that were way. still on tank train. Oh yeah, yeah. They were but like, now, now you got to switch that because you have you're to. at seven wins. I mean, tanking doesn't mean anything anymore. Seven and ten—that's that's purgatory. That's where you don't want to be. So hey, let's hope this is a Nick Foles run. Let's hope this is a Tom Brady run. Let's hope this is a whoever uh, uh, for for the for the real old. Oh man, I don't know if I can pull the name out. Who's the guy that was on the 72 Dolphins? Earl yeah. Morale. This is an Earl Morale run. Uh, an, or, an old bag of quarterback Super Bowl. Yeah. For, is he alive? I don't know. <laughs> I look that up. But he was he was the backup quarterback of oh, I yeah, do not he, know. 2014, but, but I, look, it's fun right now. I agree with you. I think if you're at this point in the season, because I think we both talked about it, the worst thing that could happen is if you win, lose, you win, you lose, you win, you lose the rest of the way. Like that just it's not fun. Now you're going to go back home on Saturday to a game that you can win. They should be favored, right? What do you guess the line is against the Vikings? Um, I would say three and a half, four. You get three at home. I don't know, maybe four and a half. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Nothing Something crazy. Like four and a half, though. Like they do feel like the better team. Like if this is a neutral site, I feel like they would be favored. And yeah. it's not a neutral site. Jefferson, I don't know if you saw, went to the hospital. Yes. It was seemed, I saw online, it was also maybe a precautionary thing. And he did walk off the field. He, he didn't need the like, ambulance there. But like, uh, I think he, he took a big hit. And I don't know if it was, I just saw Dr. Chow, friend of the show, a pro mm -hmm. football doc, say precautionary, probably precautionary for lung or kidney type of laceration or whatever. So, yeah, hope he's all right. But yes. that is big in determining that line as well. I mean, if you're thinking of like, I'm much more confident the Bengals could win. Justin Jefferson wasn't there, but yeah. I kind of hope he kind of hope he is and he's healthy yeah. because he missed so much time this year. He's a great 
player. Hate to see wide receivers miss time, you know, uh, yeah. after starting great after watching AJ Green. So yeah, I I I think the the Bengals will be favored over the Vikings, but week by week, let's see. Can they stack this one? They should be able to beat the Steelers, even if they got thrown out of the club at their own house against them because they couldn't move the ball on offense. The offense is looking better. And it did have a change to it. I don't think it's just variance, luck, whatever. I think this is this offense is actually maybe a little sustainable as long as the run game is working. So that's the big thing. Can you get the run game to work against the Vikings? Can you get the run game to work against the Steelers? And then just work week by week and stack wins. I think 10 wins get you in. They're probably not really going to compete for that division title because they are 0-4 no. in the division. They're not going to finish a game over the Ravens. So... Move on to wild card hopes. You do. And uh, right now, as we're recording this, we're recording on a uh, Sunday after the game around 630. The Bills and the Chiefs are still playing right now. For the Cincinnati Bengals, I feel like it would help if the Kansas City Chiefs won. But I'm kind of in for the Bills winning that game. I'm not going to lie. Because that kind of makes madness in the AFC. We've, I've already mentioned it before. I feel like the AFC is so wide open for the Cincinnati Bengals and just the AFC overall that I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. I'm fully here for whatever wackiness is going to happen in the AFC, and I hope the Bengals are the beneficiaries. But I want the Bills to make it, though. I do, like, too. They are just more exciting than the possibility of the Joe Flacco Browns or the, the Pittsburgh the Steelers. Pickett Steelers or whatever else could possibly happen here. Um, they, they, I think if you are the two seed, the last thing you probably want to see is a Bills seven seed. Because that's going to be the best quarterback you probably play unless you unless you play the Chiefs. So all the injuries that have gone on, it's uh, you know not going to play Burrow. And then, well, you could play Lamar, I guess. So, But if I'm Lamar and the Ravens, I want the one seed because I don't want that two seed. And if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I, I probably don't want the two seed, even if no. they have beaten the Bills in the playoffs a few times. No. Right now, it's, it's not a the way they look. look right now. No, 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 no. And we're the, Ch- the Chiefs receivers are just an embarrassment. Man. They are like they are. I, Kelsey's the only one who can catch the football, and like, he's starting to look like a little bit. He was looking he's, all right, but he's looking a little slower. I think that's yeah. a, he can still catch, he can still move, he can still find the soft spots of everything. But when defenses key in on him, he is no longer that guy that can you know just overtake a game, even if they're trying to double him. And guess who likes to key on him? Uh, Lou and Arumo, although that didn't work last AFC Championship. It didn't work last time. I think it was a little bit of a down game for them, but normally. I think it was also just Marquez Valdez-Scantling had his career best game. True, of course. And the the biggest AFC game of the year. Lights came Um, on and the hands woke up. That's true. And it's really never gone back since. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He has like 17 catches this year. I think he had 17 catches in that AFC Championship game. Man, just that game against Green Bay. I'm thinking about that game right now for some reason. Uh, but oh, a uh, big yeah. drop at the end, yeah. Big drop, big drop. Um, but the AFC overall, it's it's fun. I'm I'm here for it. I agree with you. I think you're at a certain point in the season right now. You watch the Monday Night Football game. You watch. It's not even fluke wins for the Cincinnati Bengals. They they did a great job in both games. Um, you know, even this Colts game, the Monday Night game was one of my favorites, and it will be one of my favorites from the season when we look back. But yeah, they're they're gonna play two games at home, and I think that's extremely important. Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously on the road that won't be easy. They'll they'll be very familiar with that. Obviously, Jake Browning a big one that's for a while him. Away. 
It is wild way. We're one week at a time. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. And uh, they have a huge game Saturday at home versus the Vikings. But uh, any other thoughts from this game? Nope, not really. Um, I think they all around great effort. Every unit did a good job for the most part. Uh, you know, we we did poo-poo Brad Robbins a little bit. You know, you know, the punting wasn't perfect. But I think on, I think it was either the first extra point or first field goal, Cal Adamitis had a high snap to him and he was able to get it down quick and the kick went through. So yeah. credit to him as a holder. And that is an important job. I think, uh, you know, you're making your long snapper look good when you're able to take his inaccurate snap, put it down and the ball still goes through. Yeah. Brad Robbins. I'm, I'm for me personally, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't give people excuses. I think I'm so happy with the overall class, what they were able to do and what I'm seeing already this season that I'm like, let's give them one year. I don't know what it would be like to be a punter in the NFL your rookie year. So let's kind of see what the outlook of that may would be. You, if, if it ends, if the season ended today, somehow, um, just the NFL disbanded the rest of the year, uh, would you, and they're coming back next year. Would, would you, um, would you bring in competition or do you let them try a second year? I think you always bring in competition. I think like real always. competition? Or are you talking about bringing in like, I mean. How much is it going to cost me? Yeah, not not just maybe a high UDFA or something. That's or, fine. Yeah, fine fine somebody who could really boom the ball maybe that you know that's out there. Or, or a punter that got cut and he was good, yeah. a veteran, something like that. Not bringing, shout out Drew Christman. I love his content on the internet. I do not, too. Not talking about bringing back Drew no, Christman no, no, no. because he already beat Drew Christman for the job. And they, they don't, don't, he they doesn't don't have enough hang time and whatever other issues are going on there. So I, I want to see. I would bring in competition. Now he could yeah. turn it around. Like I don't, with Volson's play the last couple of weeks, I almost feel like, you know, you don't got to force that offensive line pick. No. <laughs> you know, there's some guys leaving. So it could make sense. Like if you want to draft an interior guy that can play center. Harris's contract comes up next year. Mm-hmm. If you want to draft uh, an offensive tackle, Jonah Williams could be gone. And if he is back, it's it's probably not a long-term deal. Well, maybe it is, but I, I just well, – that's we, such a tough spot, right? That's such a tough spot because I – how do they get him back other than like – I would do the Austin Jackson three for 36, Yes, I think. You're gonna, you are going to be committing a lot of money to that offensive line and – is what it is. I don't know. That will be cool to see. That'll be interesting to see. If you don't have Jonah, I mean, what is your plan at right tackle? You're kind of pigeonholing yourself into we need to draft a tackle in the first round. And that's well, never a good place to be in. I can't. I can't look at the first round right now. Yeah, I'm yeah, right, right. We're that. not there. We're not there. We are not out of that. All I'm saying is Volson's played really well the past two weeks. Three weeks, I think, actually. Yeah. And he hopefully he can keep that keep that going and give people confidence that he is a solid starting left guard in the NFL. Yeah. As somebody who I feel kind of down on Wilson a lot this year, and it bummed me out because I wanted him to be a breakout player credit to him. You got to call credit when a player is performing out there. And that's what we're seeing from Cordell. And that's awesome to see. And I actually, I actually hope it works out for them. It's good news for the Cincinnati Bengals. If Cordell Wilson works out at left guard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Because you have a fourth round contract on that left guard spot. Yep, and it's expensive if you look around the NFL right now. If you, if you look, look at, at the Cincinnati Bengals and what they pay for average starting or maybe above average starting player money, yeah. it's expensive quick. 
Not going, not going great, but uh, yeah, no credit Cord Cordell and I, it's really been fun to see an offensively, defensively, just a really fun game for the Cincinnati Bengals against the Indianapolis Colts. A big one, a short turnaround for them as they face the Vikings on Saturday at Paycor Stadium. But we will have a preview, a look ahead going into that game. What is going to be on all Bengals? I always put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to, I'll probably have an article up. I'm, I missed it last week. Just everything. <sighs> ran condensed and I had something going on on the weekend. So I had to keep preparing for that too. And it just overloaded, but I have nothing this weekend. So I should be able to write and not feel constrained. Make sure you check that out. Also follow him on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Thank you as always for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs>